Tov, we continue in the Sefer Das Hasfiros. We're in the middle of the Sphira of Gevura. And we said that Gevura can be manifested in ways of contracting and stopping things and using a power to withhold. And then also it can be used as a power to give much more than humanly possible. And we're in the middle of discussing the various jobs that the Levim had. And there were two types of jobs. Even though we know that the tribe of Levi came from the attribute of Gvura, of power, so they had to guard and they had to sing. So guarding is the power to stop people from coming in. That's withholding. But singing, on the other hand, requires a person to go out of the boundaries of talking. It needs a lot of power to be able to sing. Okay, so therefore we continue now. This explains, for example, when the korbanos are brought in the shira of the Levine song, it's sung when the water, the wine libation was poured to accompany the daily offering. So they said, you don't sing shira except on wine. So what's the connection between wine and singing? Because through wine as well, a person can break out of his boundaries and come to shira because we understand that uh, the whole essence of Gvura is the power uh, to go out of his boundaries. And wine represents that power. As Rav Kahana says in Gemara Yoma, the word for wine in Hebrew is also Tirosh. Biblical Hebrew is Tirosh. There's a wine called Tirosh. T-I-R-O-S-H, you can see it in different stores. But sometimes T-Rosh is spelled with a Vav, Rosh, Resh, Vav, Shin, sometimes without a Vav. Zagmur says, why? So he says, if a person merits, he becomes a Rosh, like a head. And that's like the full spelling of Rosh. If he doesn't merit, he becomes a Rosh, Resh, Shin, impoverished. So what does that mean? It means the power of wine is to take a person out of his boundaries. So if he merits, he can reach through wine lofty feelings of clinging to Hashem. But if he doesn't merit, and he's not such a good guy, he'll fall to the depths of evil. In other words, we have boundaries. Some of us have boundaries. I'm not able to express my love for Hashem so much. I'm, I'm closed. The wine can open that up and really bring what you want. On the other hand, you, you're a person who would want to do a lot of bad things, but you control yourself, and if the wine releases the controls, then you do all kinds of evil things. That's the idea of drinking wine and pouring, because the real person's supposed to come out, but you got to be awfully careful about that. Okay, and therefore, um, we associate the shira with wine, because we want when you, when you, even though we're not drinking wine, we're pouring wine into the Mizbeach, but the same idea is understood. When wine goes in, we want that to produce something something we normally wouldn't do in a good way. A lot of us don't want to sing praises to Hashem. We got this issue about singing. It looks so weird. But if you're drinking some wine, it'll help you get out of your boundaries. Therefore, it's interesting. The rabbis say the following. So let's say a Levite had a job to be a singer. That was his job. But instead of doing that, he would close the gates. So the law is he would be judged with death. 
Why? Because he's flipping the jobs of Kruh that he's supposed to do. In other words, if you were given that you were the lady, you give the job to sing, that means you're supposed to use Kvura for breaking out to do good things. But instead of using it to close people off, that's not the job you were designated for. Okay, so this again shows us how the Levium reflect this idea of Kvura in a positive and a negative, uh, a positive way, in an, in an expansive way, I shouldn't say negative, in an expansive way to break all barriers, or in a constricted way to to keep people from going out of any barriers. Both need a lot of strength. It says in the eighth chapter of Song of Songs, all the water in the world, great waters, cannot extinguish this love, and all the rivers will not be able to sweep it away. The Vilna Gon explains on that. He says, nowadays, in the later days of world history, the love that is between the Jews and Hashem is a very small love, relatively small, and therefore a little bit of water can wash it away. But in the future, when Mashiach is going to come and Hashem will uh, reveal himself in all his glory, that yearning and that thirst for Hashem will be so great to cling to Hashem that even all the water in the world will not be able to extinguish that love because of that power that's there. And again, what do we see? If water cannot extinguish the love, I mean, the fire is going to be so strong, the water won't be able to extinguish it. So again, we see that there's love, but which really is the attribute of chesed, but to reach that love, we mentioned in the last uh, essay, that a person has to rouse himself with a lot of gvura, to break out of the selfishness of the person, to go out of who he is, and to bring out that love. So you need a certain fire for the love to become enhanced to such a great state, like fire, that it cannot be extinguished. With this idea, we can explain the concept of Yerushamayim, literally mean fear of heaven. And therefore, that, well, there's two types of Yerushamayim. And that will reflect the two aspects of Gvura. One aspect is Gvura of totally controlling yourself. You fear God. You're not going to sin. You're protect, you're, you say, I'm not going to do this. I want to do a sin, but I won't because it's the will of Hashem. And therefore, I'm breaking my desires. And that's the fear of Hashem on the lower level. You could just say it simply. I'm afraid Hashem will punish me. That's all. So what do you do? You're holding yourself back. I want to do something and I can't. So that you need constrictment, constrainment. And that's where a lower level of fear of heaven can come from. But the higher level is awe of his majesty, of his greatness. When a person realizes how kind and how good Hashem is, he wants to cling to Hashem. And since he wants to be so close to Hashem, He's afraid he shouldn't stumble and lose that tremendous connection to Hashem. And that needs Gvura as well. Why? Because the Gvura has created such an intense love, such a fiery love, and you've already broken your self-desires that you want to be so close to Hashem. So now you're afraid you might mistakenly lose it. So that also comes from a great Gvura a gvura of being so close that you do not want to lose. And the Arizal says that this is all going to play out 
in the world to come. He says like this. He says that that conduct is going to be gvura. For example, as he mentioned yesterday, even though there's a machlokas beisil and beishamai, and beishamai follows the path of gvura, we don't hold like beishamai now, but in the future we will because that connects the attribute of gvura, and therefore the the briskarov says in the future. The whole idea of God being erech apayim, slow to anger, uh, will be nullified. And there's going to be lots of judgment. So what does that mean? So it's a fascinating Gemara in Shabbos that I was saving up. And now I hope I've been saving it for a whole day. And it didn't, and I didn't lose it. Morin Shabbos is on Ayin Tesamet base 89b. So Reb Shmuel Bar Nachmani said that Reb Yochanan said, what's the meaning of the Pasuk? For you, Hashem, are our father. For Avram knows us not. Yisrael does not acknowledge us. You, Lord, are our father. Our Redeemer everlasting is your name. So what does that mean? It says in the future, Hashem will say to Avram, your children have sinned against me. Avram will say before Hashem, mass of the universe, if so, let them be eradicated to sanctify your name. God said, I will say to Yaakov, since he experienced the pain of raising children, perhaps he will ask for mercy on their behalf. He said to Yaakov, your children have sinned. And Yaakov said, mass of the universe, if so, let them be eradicated to sanctify your name. The Holy One then said, there's no reason in elders and no wisdom in youth. Neither our Yaakov know how to respond properly. So he turns to Yitzchak. He says, your children have sinned against me. Now Yitzchak is supposed to be the attribute of justice. He says, he says, mass universe, are they my children and not your children? At Sinai, when they said, Nasev and Ishma, right? Didn't you call them my son, my firstborn Israel, now that they have sinned, are they only my children and not your children? And furthermore, how much did they actually sin? How long does a person live? 70 years? Well, let's take 20 years out of that because you're not judged for the first 20 years. We're left with 50. Subtract 25, half of that, because they're nighttime and usually don't sin at night. So there's only 25. Now, let's subtract 12 and a half. Why? Because usually you pray and eat, use the bathroom. So they're busy with needs, so to speak. And 12 and a half remains for them. So they've only sinned 12 and a half years. And if you can endure them all and forgive the sins, excellent. If not, half the sins are upon me and half the sins are upon you that will let them go. And if you say that all of them have to be on me, listen, I sacrificed my soul to be willing to be sacrificed at that Kedis Yitzhak. And with that, the Jewish people began to say, Yitzchak, you are our father. Only Yitzchak defended the Jewish people, etc., etc. So what do you see? Something most unusual. At the end of time, when the Jews are going to need extreme mercy, who's the one who's coming up with the mercy? It's Yitzchak. And, and, and why is that so? Because, again, and he even makes a very calculated judgment. So let's understand that even though Avram is the attribute of kindness and Yaakov was a complete person, is an attribute of mercy, 
But it still only came through Yitzchak, the salvation, because of Gvura. And how is that? Because that's how the whole realm of existence will be in the future. In the future, it's all going to be with an exacting measure. And therefore, Yitzchak is using that process of exacting measures. What does this mean exactly? So, to further this idea, the Gemara and Pesachim says, in the future, Hashem will make a great celebration, a great feast with the righteous on the day that he finishes his chesed to the children of Yitzchak. So Hashem is finishing his chesed to the children of Yitzchak, which is the attribute of Vura. So Ben Yehoda, Ben Yehoyada explains, and in the future, since the conduct will be with Gvura, so that bestowal of kindness has to come through a very precise measure of judgment that will happen to them. So we see that the whole meat of Vura is rooted to bring the ultimate of good. And all the reward in the work to come is going to come from a tremendous desire to do good. And if that's reward time, there's got to be more judgment, which we'll see more explained in a moment. But it's very fascinating. In the footnote, he raises an interesting point. We know that the patriarchs parallel the three prayers. Which one parallels Yitzchak? Shachris bin Chormarif. Mincha. So we're going to be dominating Mincha shortly, so something to think about. Well, what do we know about Mincha? On the one hand, Mincha is the time of din, of the time of judgment. And we know, for example, Moshe Rabbeinu died during Mincha time. And that's why at Mincha and Shabbos, we say Tzitkos Chatzedek, that God's justice is proper. On the other hand, we also know that at Shalashudah's time, which is Mincha, it's called Rava de Ravan, desire of desire where the crown of the Keser is, is shown, so to speak, reach the higher levels of closeness to Hashem. And the answer is, that's the whole point. Because that point, the afternoon, and especially Shabbos afternoon, is the revelation of the taste of the world to come. And the taste of the world to come is going to need a lot of judgment, a lot of Gvura. But that Gvura is going to bring a lot of kindness and a lot of goodness. And why is that? So now he explains this idea very importantly. So what's going on? At the end of time, God's going to judge us. And the judgment, we have to use kvura for the judgment. On the other hand, it's going to be a tremendous chesed that's going to come. So the explanation that Tzadik says is why the source of reward that's going to happen, good, good reward has to come through kvura, Because only through kvura can it be a giving that's suited in the most precise and desirous way based on the recipient? And he gives a marshal to this. Let's say a son asks from his father for a lot of money. He wants a lot of money. So there's two ways the father can give it to him. Way number one, he give him what he wants. The kid says, I want $10,000. Father gives him $10,000. Uh, second way is the father makes all kinds of conditions, so to speak, um, with, well, you can use it for this, you can use it for that, but you can't use it for that. It gets $10,000 the same. So what's the difference? The difference is the first time he's giving it, the father is just fulfilling the request of the son without really checking what the son really needs and if the gift is suitable for him. 
So yes, it's a kindness, it's a chesed, but not a complete kindness because it doesn't really reflect the connection between the father and the son. It doesn't reflect the father's concern for the education and the development of the son. Here, just have it. But in the second case, there is really revealing a very deep connection the father has with the son, a very deep love. And since he's so concerned and he wants to really do the best, he just doesn't give him stamazoi, but he checks out. Do you deserve this? No, oh, I see you have certain problems. I see you've got, you're an alcoholic. Well, I'm sorry, you cannot buy any booze for that. You know, if you could make like a restricted credit card that it won't work at the LCBO or something like that. These are the conditions. Not of buying drugs, not of buying this, not buying that. Oh, you want to buy food? You can buy food. You want to uh, 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 pay to go to a yeshiva? You can pay to go to a yeshiva. So although there's restrictions on what he's giving, but the giving is going to be greater. It's going to be completely good. So that's the, uh, what's the story over here? When Hashem is going to give the great giving at the end of time, there's a lot of gvura because the Gvura is going to say, well, I want to give you, but I'm going to give you exactly the way it should be. I don't want the giving to be something you don't deserve. And if Hashem judges us, say, well, how much should I, if I reward you for everything more than what you've done, you're going to be embarrassed. So if I have to judge and say, well, I can't give you that much because it's way more than you deserve and you'll feel ashamed. Remember the whole point Hashem gives us mitzvahs. Hashem could have kept us in Olam Haba, not brought us down here, but then we're eating the bread of shame. We're being rewarded for something we didn't earn, and that's embarrassing. So Hashem at the ultimate giving is going to say, listen, i got to judge how much to give you. I can't give you just carte blanche, because you give me more than you deserve, you're going to be ashamed. So I have to judge you and don't give you everything I want to give you, but I want to give you everything you deserve. And that will be a complete giving. And with this idea, it leads us now to a new idea, and that is called the concept of misukadin, sweetening the judgment, bishrusho at its roots. There's an idea when a person is being judged by Hashem, you can sweeten the judgment at its roots. So what does that mean? Well, when God sees we are sinning, so the attribute of gvura comes in and says, okay, we've got to discipline this fellow. Now that's not going to be pleasant, right? But if we sin, we deserve discipline. So therefore, Hashem cannot give him kindness because now the fellow has to do tshuva to what the attribute of gvura demands. Just like it says, anyone who thinks Hashem lets everything go, that's not an acceptable thing. Hashem does not let everything go. There has to be a response to what we do. So therefore, the form of the repair has to be with judgment. You deserve less. Hashem's going to cut back less. But there's another way we can do it. You know, the, 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 your sins demand a response of Gvura. The question is, whose Gvura needs to respond? Now, Hashem will respond with Gvura, and he'll start cutting back on what he's giving you. That'll teach you a lesson. Or maybe the person himself will act towards himself with Gvura, and he will use Gvura to repair the damages that he's done. And what's the word we call for that? Teshuva. Teshuva really needs a lot of Gvura because you have to judge yourself. 
Instead of waiting for Hashem to judge you, you look at yourself and you say, hold on, I'm out of control. I got to stop myself. I got to reflect and this is not good. And I regret what I'm doing and I will no longer do this. I will repair my ways. So he is doing the very same gvura that Hashem will not need to do. And that's called sweetening the judgment at its roots. The judgment is there really for your benefit. Hashem wants to cut back on you for your benefit. But if you can cut back on yourself, that is what really will make it happen on your terms, so to speak. And therefore, this repair is not asking for mercy or not, Hashem, please let it go. But rather, what he wants is, and this really explains a very important idea. It explains the idea of Rosh Hashanah. What do we not do on Rosh Hashanah? Tshuva. No tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. Any Hashanah, Bogadno? Nothing. We afterwards, Yom Kippur, 10 days of tshuva. So what's going on over here? The answer is, what is a Rosh Hashanah? Rosh Hashanah is God is coronated as the king. That's Malchus. Malchus could ask for some judgment. Why? Because when a person sins, he does not reveal the kingship of Hashem. How do we coronate Hashem? By listening to him. Hashem is the king because I'm not Machal Shabbos Hashem told me not to. So I now acknowledge that he is the king. If I sin, it's lacking in my recognition that he's the king. So now on this day of Rosh Hashanah, where Hashem has to decide what to do with us, it's too late to say you're sorry. There's one problem. You will be rewarded based on how you um, recognize Hashem as the king. So guess what? This whole year you've done a lot of sins. You don't recognize Hashem as the king. So don't start asking for mercy and letting me go. But what do you have to do? Make Hashem the king. How do you make him the king? You say all kinds of words of how great you are. You stay in shul all day. You go to the source of the problem. The source of the problem was that you did not make Hashem king over your life. So now what's the whole point in Rosh Hashanah? Make Hashem the king over your life. Once you make that repair, then you can start working on doing tshuva afterwards. But you need that gvura to make Hashem your king. And that's going to the roots. That is the actual root of everything that's necessary. And that's why, and then, okay. Now the Vilna Gon says that the attribute of gvura is since on the one hand it's control and constricting, so therefore it parallels what body part? The left hand. And that is gvura, as we know, because the left hand is weaker. The right hand is chesed. And that's the way the life should be. The right hand should bring close and the left hand should push away. And therefore, because the whole point is not to be so judgmental, but uh, it has to be there. But that's not your overwhelming desire. Your overwhelming desire is not to be judgmental. Your overwhelming desire is to chesed. But you have to do some kind of judgment. But the judgment isn't an end to itself. 
but rather it's a weaker, even though you need a lot of power to do it, but it's ultimately to bring chesed. With this, we can now understand what happened when Hashem gave us the Torah. That what was one of the central mitos at, the, at Sinai was Gvura, where Hashem had to use a lot of extra energy to bring his reality into us. Okay? And to make sure when he gives us this spiritual experience, he has to one, I want to break through and give all the ches in the world. But the other time, as well, he has to distill it in a way that doesn't blow us apart. That's why you find very interesting that Hashem told the Jews, you have to create boundaries between you and the mountain. So many times it's repeated, the boundaries, don't go up on the mountain, you can't go there. Why? Because there has to be a certain amount of gvura. Because for the awesome chesed to be given in the right way, it has to be prepared properly with <coughs> with a with a with a correlate correlating vessel that can receive it with the Jewish people. So we need a lot of avoda to create boundaries, and then Hashem will send it out in boundaries so that the vessel, the just right amount, comes. That's the idea of the Gvura. And therefore, it will mo- when, when the best is to be given, you got to have Gvura. Because if you don't have Gvura, it's just going to be way too much. As it was, the Jews died when they heard it. But at least they could be revived. So that's with Gvura. And finally, the last point, very mystical idea, but an interesting point. We know there's a famous uh, Shem Hashem, with the number Ayin Beis, 72, as we've said, Chesed. But there's a very huge name of Hashem that's hinted to in Masech Sukkah when we say, Ani Vaho Hoshiana. I don't want to get into all the details, but there are three Psukim in Parshish Bishalach. It starts when, the first Pasuk is when the angel of Egypt was chasing the Jews by, uh, right before the Sea of Reeds. Next Pasuk says that now the cloud of glory was between the Jews and the Egyptians. And the third one is Moshe stretched out his hand. Okay, three Pesukim, one after the other. Each Pasuk has 72 letters. Each Pasuk is the only place in Torah, three in a row, each one is 72 letters, and that is ready. 72 is the big name of Hashem. And we are told that the real ineffable name, so to speak, is the 72 times three. Now it's a very complicated aspect what they do and how they put the letters together. They re-jumble all the letters and get 72 different triplets of letters. It's way beyond what we need to talk about here. But the question is like, what's going on over here? But, and that could, and the question is, well, these three psukim show, the Egyptians were following us. Hashem put a barrier. Moshe stretches his hand, and then the whole miracle happens. How did the miracle happen? So the mystics suggest the Shema Mefarish. It was bringing out that ineffable name of Hashem, let all these miracles go in the greatest way possible. Now it's very interesting. 72 is the gematria of Chesed. Okay. 72 times 3 is like 3 times Chesed. Okay. What's 3 times 72? 216. What is the gematra of Givura control? 
Gimel is three, Bez is two, Vav is six, Reish is 200, He is five, 216. Kvura is three times Chesed. Kvura is three times, and that was a Chesed, that Chesed had to be a Chesed that had to be really pulled out and to break through nature. It was a chesed that never before did the world see this is the hand of God. And that needed so and it needed, so to speak, God's gvura to bring that in. It also needed great gvura from the Jewish people. You needed an Asham ben Aminadav to jump into the water. Jumping in the water needs gvura, doesn't it? Because you don't want to kill yourself. So therefore, we see how. Gvura in its greatest form is three times chesed, and when when that means and and that will when there's so much gvura, you're able to break through all the barriers, even that of the sea of reeds. And therefore, when we know when we say the thirteen attributes of mercy, it says vayavor Hashem alponov, Hashem passed before him. Vayavor is spelled vav, yud, ayin, beis. Yud Resh. Now we know the 13 attributes of mercy have tremendous power. It can change all kinds of bad uh, uh, prosecutions against us. Let's look at the word Vayavor. Let's see what we got over there. It has the letters Ayin Beis, which is 72. You see, Vayavor, Ayin Beis is 72. And you have the letters Vav Yud, Vav uh, Reish, which is 200, well, it should be 216. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, but it's, it's Vayavor. So we have, the Vav is and. So Yaavor, Ayin Beis is 72. And then you have Reish, Yud and Vav is 216. So the 13 attributes of mercy is invoking the 72 of Chesed and the 216 of Gvura and bundled together, they create these great realities for us. So therefore, we've concluded the discussion of Gvura, that Gvura is the ability to, to show so much power. Sometimes the power is to control and not allow so much to come. Sometimes it's to bring it out. All Chesed has to have a Gvura to let it come out and to not figure on yourself, but to control who you are and not to think about yourself and to have the power to just break through and not hold back. And then tomorrow, Mitzvah will begin um, Tiferes, which is this combination of Chesed and Gvura. And as we said last week, it'll have to have some aspect of Das because that's a middle idea. So Chesed on the right, which is really channeled from Chachma, which is on the right, and Gvura, which is channeled from Bina, which is on the left. Because remember, that's what it means. Bina is when we have to interface with this world. And sometimes the Chesed has to interface with this world, but to interface, it needs a lot of power to break through. To have that Chesed break through, you need that. So now we have to see where the Das on top will now parallel the Tiferes below. Okay, Shkayach, everybody.